0: We can go ahead. Yes, please. Yes, please. Thank you, Thank you very much. Okay. Um, I want to start by welcoming everyone in the room to the second edition of Silent Generals. This is a vision that God gave to us um, at the Flickers of Foundation to share stories of real people that have real issues, real challenges, and real triumphs. People that have gone through the tick and thin and have come out victorious and have a beautiful testimony to share. Last month, January, we started our, with our meeting edition and we're privileged to have with us Dr. Adinka Dewali that spent such a beautiful time with us, sharing with us his life experiences, how the journey has been so far, what he had to go through, and how he was able to, you know, come and succeed in the areas where he was challenged. Though He shared with us salient principles and values that he picked up on his journey and that defines who he is today. And today we have the privilege of having on our February edition, a woman that I so, I so honor and celebrate. She is Pastor Maureen Oshuma Kinde. She is fondly known as Pimo. She's an inspiring and resourceful woman motivated by the spirit, and the word of God to effectively and strategically influence both men and women of every kid that to understand, acknowledge and appreciate their God given assignment. She's currently the serving president of Babes Redefined, a body set up to help wom- women to dis- define their purpose. And I'm proud to say I'm a babe. I, I am in the Goshen topaz zone here in Abuja and I've joined for a while and I can say she's doing a beautiful job in serving on the babes platform she has been she has been and still is an inspiration to many women helping them to define their purpose and to understand why they are here she has been able to do this through the ministry of the word prayer, practical and ethical approaches and solutions to life's challenges, and has reached over 85,000 women. She's also the serving pastor of the baptizing church out of Zion, Lagos. She is a certified customer service facilitator, a life coach, and an entrepreneur. She is the convener of the Leading Women Conference, a conference aimed towards equipping leading women with the tools required to make them stand tall in their given assignment. She is married to Dele Oshimakinde, and they are blessed with amazing children. They reside in Lagos, Nigeria. Please, if you're in the room, please help me welcome Pastor Maureen Oshimakinde to Silent General's February edition. You're welcome, Ma. Thank you very much. I hope you can see me. Yes, Ma, we can see you. It's a bit dark in here. I'm, I'm trying to adjust the light. I'm trying to adjust the light. It's a bit dark. Uh, okay. Ooh, it's dark. Just a minute. Okay, I don't know if this made any difference. (laughs) Yes, we can see you, Ma, and we can hear you clearly. Okay. Hello, everyone. It's my pleasure to be here this beautiful morning. Thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to to be on this platform today. Uh, I truly celebrate what you're doing with flickers of Hope. Uh, I watch your program sometimes on Facebook. I've I've watched you preach a few times and um, well done. Well done. Honestly, I believe strongly that God is raising uh, women at this time, you know, to be in the forefront of several things. And I want to celebrate your team working with you. And I'm privileged to be here as I heard from you. I'm the second host, uh, second guest. And so I'm I'm privileged and I'm just (laughs) hoping and trusting God that, Whatever I'm going to share here today, my experience, my journey through life would be a blessing to someone, you know, and and, uh, it would serve as an encouragement, you know, to someone and it would give hope to someone, you know, that would Mm. probably tune in or listening. Even after today, probably come across the video that in a way, you know, it it would just minister to the person. You know, so, yeah, I'm here at your service, whatever you need me to do. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you so much once again. Thank, Thank you, you so much, my. It's such an honor to have you as a second guest on Silent Generals. We're so honored because we came your way and, you know, just like that. And you opened up to us to say, you know what, I'll be there. I'm going to honor, you know, the invitation. We are so glad and we're so excited about this conversation, I've, I've, I've heard you, you know, you know, funny, funny thing, you know, how God, you know, has a way of bringing our parts, you know, together in life and in destiny. I, I came across you and Pastor daily when I was seven in 2009 in Abuja. Wow. And yes, so Pastor daily happens to be one of our patrons in the Corpus Fellowship. And I came in, you know, we just come into the, into the church, come in to, to, share with him. He would just come share with us experiences, encourage us. And for me, I found him as one man that I I believe had the word of God on his lips and a man sent to our generation. Mm -hmm. So I connected instantly with him. And mm-hmm. particularly with you, you know, you are there at the background mm-hmm. and I will see you take care of children, yeah. of people <laughs> that come into the church, young couples that come in as though they are yours. Wow. There was a deeper opportunity yeah. to come to the house. I, I'm sure you will remember this, but you see how life is. Oh, wow. Don't know I, many I can't people. Even remember. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, you don't know many people that wow. actually cross your path and the kind of impact yeah. that yeah. you leave. Yeah in their lives you know I, I came true. into the house and you know they told us master was at home it wasn't in church so we came in i think I, I, we were 11 then and we, we just right. came into the house and I just saw you you just welcomed us briefly you were so busy you were like oh, he's going to be with us in a minute but you i saw a lot of children i'm like okay how many children does uh, have? <laughs> and we said, have no, that she does the people that she's she's the mother to all that these wow. are just children wow. she would just take him their mothers are off to work or something and that truly inspired me and i'm like okay this is not just a regular wow. pastor's wife this is a woman with a vision wow. leaving a mark and, and and that stuck with me actually mm. and and i realized that you can actually live your mm. life taking care of people and having a large heart to accommodate as many people as god sends your way that stood with me so that's wow. a bit i could share about my wow. own experience encountering humor, wow. You know, that little time wow. in 2009. Wow. And, and it really stuck with me. So, so, so when I was just, this. you know, praying through and, and just trusting God for people that I would love to share. And truly, Ma, consciously, unconsciously, I've been in your space. You are at, at wow. MPD. I've been in your space for a long time. Wow. And wow. I just watch from my wow. and learn, you know, the things I see you and your husband do. To the young generation, and truly, might inspiring. You, yes, you, you so don't so. know uh, the far-reaching effect of of okay. what your life speaks for, and and Thank sincerely, you. I'm truly humbled, and and I'm so glad to have you today. So, going wow. straight to our question. Thank you. I want to ask so for the for the sake of people that are listening and will listen in. We want, we want to get to know you, Ma. Who is Pastor morinoshima Oshima Where is she coming from? And where is she now? Wow. Okay. Uh, thank you for that brief um, you know, introduction. That that really caught me unawares. I didn't even know that we our paths had crossed at any point in time, honestly. And that is so. It's so humbling, you know, to know, and that that also speaks to the fact that whatever we do in life, uh, we need to be mindful of how we carry ourselves, honestly, because you crossed my path about over 10 years ago, and I had no clue. I had no idea. Here we Mm -hmm. are 10 years, 11 years after I'm on your platform and we're having a conversation and something I did over 11 years ago still stuck in your memory, you know, and it's still yes, teaching lessons till today. So I'm really humbled and I'm thankful to God for that opportunity. So who is Maureen? Who is Maureen? Maureen is, is, is she's she's a lover of God. She's 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 a daughter of God. She's one who has found grace and mercy and favor from God. Uh, she's not a perfect person, far from it. She's not um uh, she's not someone um who has everything figured out? <laughs> She's someone who trusts God step by step, uh, precept upon precept. I don't always have all the answers. I don't have all the directives, but I've learned through my journey in life to trust God a day at a time. And um, I've seen him do that with everything with regards to my life, my family, my ministry, my assignment, even with my children as well. So yeah, um, Maureen is married. Like you know, my profile said I've uh, been in ministry for. This would be because this year is our seventeenth year, you know, married, and uh, I'd been a pastor in university, you know, before we left and got married. So roughly, I could say I've been in ministry over twenty years, uh, but. I'm still in ministry because ministry is an ongoing thing. So I'll continue to be in ministry, (laughs) you know, and ministry is defined in different ways. Ministry is not just about the pulpit. It's not just about, you know, having a church. Ministry is serving God's assignment for your life. And um, so it's been a journey for me. It's been a journey of learning, unlearning, relearning. It's been a journey of uh, growth. It's been a journey of... um, Seeing God unfold the purpose, it's been such an interesting journey for me. I've come to learn to know God more. Uh, whatever I thought I knew about God uh, some five, ten years ago, I just see it evolving year after year. And as it, the the knowledge, my knowledge of God evolves, I evolve as well. I see myself evolving. I see myself. You know, growing. I see myself adapting. I see myself enlarging. I see, you know, God literally bringing to pass His word in my life. So um, I'm coming from a place where, yeah, by the grace of God, I was born into a Christian home, and um, but I actually found God in secondary school, uh, and that my journey has been from faith to faith, from grace to grace, and from glory to glory. Uh, I thank God that I've not had cause to look back ever since. I thank God that um, somehow my path has always been orchestrated by God, uh, leading me in the right direction, meeting with the right set of people and doing the right thing at the right time in the right place. And my life and journey has been that of faith, literally, especially with a husband like mine, (laughs) you know, and we've had to... just God at every point in time. There's been a lot of moves, a lot of movement, you know, a lot of moving <laughs> in the short course of time that we've been together. In total, we've been together over 23 years as, 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 um, as a couple, but of course married 17 years. And uh, where am I now? I, I want to believe I'm at the center of God's will for my life, uh, still unfolding. I'm not there yet. I don't believe you. I would ever get to a point where I would say, yeah, I'm done. I've, I've finished my race. Yes, I would when I get to that point, like Paul did. But I think purpose is something that you are in, it is in continuum. You're constantly unraveling purpose till your last breath. So I, I, I never get, I don't think I'll ever get to that point where I'll be like, yes, I've arrived, I've settled. No, it is always from one level. To another, so yeah. Where am I today? I'm at center of God's will, uh, trusting God for the next whatever He would have me do next. Mm. You know, in my life with respect to my assignment. But um, like I said, I am in um, a, a, a deeper. So at every point in time and at every level, what unveils is a deeper version of myself. So I'm mm. seeing myself you know, being uh, uh, God, God, God keeps updating the version, if I can use mm. that word. So I keep updating, I keep updating, he keeps updating, updating. So where I am today now, still the same me, still the same purpose, still the same assignment, but it's been updated. Mm, yeah. An updated version. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Uma. Thank you so Thank much. You Ma. So that, that, that would take us to the second question in, in the heart of of our organization in flickers of hope what we do majorly is um to reach out to the younger generation helping them to see life through the correct and true true lens so uh, i want to know what, what were the defining moments for you as a young person in your journey wh- while you were growing up you know w- at what point do you say no this, this is a defining moment in my life this 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 experience shaped me as a young person into the woman that I am today? Mm. I would say first and foremost on equivocally is uh, the day I got born again. My, my born again experience caps it all for me. That's just the truth. And this is not just to sound overly spiritual, but even if I do, I'm spiritual. So it's okay to sound that way. But My being born again, the day I met with Christ or the day he met with me, you know, I think it just kind of like reordered a lot of things for me. It kind of like just put things in perspective. So like I said, I was born uh, into a Christian home, as it were, yeah, we're Anglicans. Uh, At some point, my parents started attending Redeem and became more serious with their faith But I remember I was still in and out. I went to a girls-only school, in secondary school in Undo State. And um, I remember, you know, I had some clique of friends. And whenever we went home for holidays and we came back, we always had gist about the parties we attended and what we did and all of that. So I was coming back to school this particular holiday with you know, a lot of gist for my friends and I was expecting to get a lot of gist from them. And so we had a particular friend. She was like our organ. Now you understand, like the one that was always attending all the parties that our own parents would not allow us to attend, you know. And she, we were waiting for her. She came in late to school, like a few days late, later than, than resumption. And when she finally came, so we all gathered to our room, like, oh my God, what's happening? Give us gist. How did the holiday go? What parties did you attend? What new dance did you learn? We're young. How old were we? you know, maybe like 15, they're about, you know, but we were really excited to hear the gist. And she drummed to the bone And she was like, during the holidays, she got born again. And we we're like, what are you saying? You got what? Like, we were <laughs> expecting gist from you. You got born again. How could you have gotten born again? Is that possible now? Don't come and spoil gist for us, you know? And, you know, she went ahead to let us know uh, she met with Christ and, you know, how things are changed. And I remember leaving her room that day and, I felt like, Maureen, what are you doing? And amazingly, during that same holiday at home, I'd attended a program where I rededicated my life, supposedly, but nothing happened. You know how you just rededicate your life because Mm. you had one very emotional message about Hellfire. Hellfire (laughs) and all that. And then you're like, hey, I don't want to go to Hellfire. you know. And of course, I went back. So hearing my friend make that commitment and sticking to it, it really, really registered something in my heart and so I remember leaving her room that day and I made that decision in my heart you know I said mm. to God okay I really want to be serious about this I'm going to make this decision you know and, and and I'm just going to follow through with it and so I left her room and amazingly that night I just started praying I picked up my bible I started praying and I had this senior friend of mine that had been trying to convert me you know how someone mm. So when they saw me that night, I was holding my Bible. I looked like, eh, you're holding your Bible. Like, where are you? More Maury, is holding Bible. Where is Are you holding your Bible? Like, ah, am I that bad? Like, I'm not that bad. And they are very, very, <laughs> you know, but it really struck them. Like, okay. So I left and that night while I was praying, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. I didn't get baptized That's in the Holy <laughs> Spirit through the laying on of hands. You know, I just started speaking in tongues. And that was how I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I started speaking in tongues. And then, you know, the next day, of course, the news went around school. I was quite popular. So everybody heard, oh, Maury's born again, Maury's born again. And it was amazing the number of our friends that actually got born again because Maury's born wow. again. It's, wow. I'm, I'm not joking. A number of them, they were like, eh, if Maury can be born again. And I remember one of them came to me and said, uh, I don't believe you, Joe. I give you two weeks. We'll be back in this. And that statement never left me. I told her to her front, to her face. I said, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove you wrong. I remember me having a conversation with the same girl some years back. And I said, I'm still proving you wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still proving you wrong. I'm still in God, bigger and better. And, you know, God has been so amazing. That was a very defining moment for my life. Everything took a turn. You know, it was like a U-turn for me. And, Things just began to align. I I saw Mm. God literally order my steps from that day forward, that decision. You know, the kind of friends I had, even when I got into university, the kind of people I moved with, the fellowship I belonged in, all these things just began to shape my life. In accordance to the script already written concerning me. So Mm. I'm grateful to God. I have no regrets that I made that decision that day, you know, way back. And that really, 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 you know, helped me. A second defining moment for me would be in university, you know, after I'd met my husband, then my fiance, and, you know, we're planning. I knew right then he had told me that he was going to. Uh, god had said to him i think from his 300 level that we're going he was going to start ministry and he was going to start ministry in abuja you know and it sounded very odd because here we were we had a vibrant fellowship in ui you know we were known he was known It only made logical sense to start church in ibadan or lagos because if we had started church in ibadan lagos i tell you first service would have over 200 members without stress because we had a whole lot of people the fellowship had grown so big god had so helped him but god said abuja where we knew absolutely mm. nobody. nobody i mean nobody mm. the only person we knew was his uncle was the senator and obviously yes there was no point discussing ministry with him he wasn't even going to understand what you were talking about you understand mm. so it was going to be a total work of faith and i remember our last few days in school before we left because we graduated together and the Lord said to us to do a 40 days fast. And we did a 40 days fast. And I remember us kneeling down. There's a particular place in UI where we pray, where people normally pray. And I remember us kneeling down on the last day of the fast. And we held us together and we prayed. And we said, God, the future is in your hands. Whatever it is, you're going to do with us. Now, it was such a memorable moment for me when we came back to that same point. Sport five years after we had gotten married and we held hands again at that same point and we were like god here we are we are back five years later and this is what you've done with us so that 40 days you know it was like beginning the journey you know into what god wanted us you know to do in life and that began another chapter in our lives even as you know a married uh couple so yeah, that was wow. also another defining moment for- me and and I think that was as a result of the first defining moment because mm, if I hadn't yes. given my life to Christ if I hadn't gone through all that I probably would not have met my husband I wouldn't have been yes and so everything just you know walked together intertwined together, together mm. and um that is also you know what why I'm here today and doing what I'm doing you know today so those two things really stand there's so many of them honestly <laughs> but those two really stand out, Stands out. they mm. have shaped and defined my life, honestly, you know, and uh, given me the trust and motivation that I needed on my journey. There are several times on this journey when I've had to say, oh God, are you sure you really said this? Oh God, uh, is this what you really said? There's been several times like that. But what keeps me going, what keeps us going are those two defining moments. God takes me back to them. Saying, Remember what you said, that you would never go back. And secondly, remember the covenant you had together. You know, now that we prayed, and look at us today, you know, and, and and I would, you know, like God saying, I would be you mm. all your journey, all that you do, you know, and all of that. So, yeah, those two has been wow. my defining moments. Wow. Awesome. You, you know, two things stood out for me from what you shared, Ma. One of which was the first the first one you shared about. The, the day you, you decided to take God seriously. And, and you talked about how that it's a friend's decision that spurred you to actually go on that quest of going personal with God. That if my friend that we're doing this together can take you this seriously, and I'm seeing it all over her that she's not joking about this. She's serious about it. I'm also going to go in search of you and I'm going to take you seriously and how that your singular decision affected the company of the people that were around you at the time. Yeah. That stood out for me because I've, I've always been, you know, very strong believer of the fact that in a pack of people, there's always a leader the leadership role of individuals that if God, if God could get one person person. to be serious for him and show the person as a model, an example, other people will connect. And that stood out for me because we look at our young people today and we see how that, there's so much influence of peer pressure around their life. Yeah. They want to yeah. be like their friend. They want to That's do right. what their friends are doing. So if we right. if God could get one per, one of one them. Person. One yes, person. one person. To he stand always takes out. One and, person. He always, see, it, the Bible says it, takes, it was one person that brought sin into the world, Adam. Mm. And it was yes, one sir. person God needed to turn that around. So the mm. power of one is very significant you know, the power of one, it doesn't take more than one oftentimes. So if God, like you rightly said, can get that one person. and you know, jokingly, let me just chip this in. You know, recently we had a reunion of my set in secondary school. And I remember them, you know, teasing me and saying, because I eventually became the social prefect. Some people oh. just said that. <laughs> That's to tell you how social I was. So even though I got born again a few months before election, they still made me the social prefect. And so I remember a few of my friends saying that, uh, Maury deprived us of his social life. Beware she became social prefect because everything we're doing was either we're praying or doing fellowship, <laughs> you know. And, and I was like, No, now But are you a better off for it? I said it jokingly. They were like, Yes, yeah, so we thank God at least we're still one again, and you know, we found God and all of that. It just awesome. seems like the spiritual atmosphere at that time just changed, and that was the onset of the SU revival you know, in Nigeria Mm. at that time. So it just created the platform, created the avenue. I'm telling you, it was well orchestrated by God. Like I told you, there had been several times when I'd given my life to Christ and I took it back. Yeah, there had been several times when I would be like, God, I'm for you. But before you know, but this particular one was so defining and it was because of what God wanted to do do. at that time. And with the set of people at that time, I tell you, and, and to the glory of God, a number of those who did give their life to Christ about that time, at least a number of them that I'm still in touch with are still on fire for God. And awesome. some of them are even pastors. Some of them are, you know, it was an all, all girls fellowship, a all girls school. Some of them are pastors. Some of them are doing ministry. Some of them, honestly, and, and I'm just grateful to God, you know, for that single awesome. opportunity awesome so the power of one if god can find yeah. that one person if god can lead yeah. us to reach out to that one person you know somebody was sharing the story of billy graham yeah. Yeah. and how that you know in, a, in an entire mm. meeting that the person thought it was a failure because only one person gave his life to christ and that person happened to be billy graham but imagine right. the impact of that one Mm. In the whole world, so imagine you know right. I'm just excited I'm about you. this map because imagine the, the impact yeah. of one young yeah. person in one generation that says I want to take God seriously. One person I want to do, That's it. I want to do God in my generation, That's it. the ripple effect that will create in that That's generation it. in that society. That's it. So we That's must it. not we must not be so much I agree about the with crowd, you. totally, we must invest invest in that one. We, we must not be shy to invest in one. That's Because right. that one can become a nation. And At that's all. what God said about Abraham. He says, I, I want you. to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, but yes. I won't do this because seeing that Abraham will become a great nation, he mm. was just one man. That's but right. God was just so confident man. about him. He was so confident about him. Yeah. So, so yeah. in fact, the Bible says in, something in Isaiah concerning... Abraham, he said, I called him when he was alone and I blessed him. Mm. So th- like, just to buttress what you said about one man, said, I called him when he was alone, but I blessed him and I, you know, enlarged his territory and like you said, I brought nations out of him. I brought oh, nations yeah. out of him and today we declare him the father of faith because yes. he chose to be the prototype. He chose to be the experimental uh, lab rat so to say i like to use that word you know mm. can you make yourself god's experimental lab rat can he use you as a prototype can he use mm. you you know as, as that model. one person that looks, yes. as a model so that you know people can look and say oh yeah this person this person that person so yeah the power of one is so significant it's so powerful you know and like you said and I think this is also for ministers and pastors. It's not about the crowd. Oftentimes, it might just be about one person. It might just be about one person. When yes, Jesus man. got to the pool of uh, uh, Bethesda and he saw there were so many sick people, but one person, one person, he went to one guy that was there. And he and one would ask that, why? What happened to the rest? You know, only God can answer that. But there's just something about one. When God says, okay, I'm picking this one person. I'm doing this with this one person. And, uh, you mm. know, it's just so powerful. So the power of one, I agree with you. Socially. Yes, that, that, that stands out so much for me. And I'm so excited because, you know, sometimes when, when we encounter people, we don't understand that power of one, you we say, Well, what do I why am I so, why am I pouring myself? Why is God allowing me to pour myself into this one person? And and usually it's because we're limited in our understanding of what that one person, that one investment, can yield. And, and, and God he, that's that's why you know Apostle Paul said, poor plants, Apollo no waters, but it's God that gives the increase. When he looks as if you're planting and you're watering, that's right. like, it looks as if it's just this one plant, it's just this one life. But when God brings about yeah. the increase, yeah. he's untold yeah. what he does. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm yeah. so excited right. about this. That's right. Because, That's you know, right. what, what this is speaking to me particularly is that as we are going out to reach out to the younger generation, we might not have all of them right. come on board, you know, the things that God right. is asking us to do. But that one girl. Right. That one boy. Right. If we can be faithful right. in pouring out to the measure that God wants us to pour into them. Right. So much that God can do with them. So much. Right. Right. I, I'm so please, excited about that. Can you that. give me like a minute, please? I really need to attend to something urgently. Please, just okay, a man. minute. I okay, will man. be back in like... For everyone in the room while we wait for pastor morin to be back if you have questions please just go to your chat and chat us up with your questions if you have questions please let us know for everyone in the room please let's have your questions if you have questions please just type it in the chat and i'll take the questions then we can also type in the things we've been getting you know, the light we've been receiving from the conversations we're having with Pastor Maureen, just type it in, what you're getting, the, the feedback, let's have your feedback about what you've been getting from, from these conversations with Pastor Maureen. Let's have it. And if you have questions, please just drop it in the chat. We'll read it to her, then we'll have her answer them. She, she, I think she's back now. Okay, I'm so sorry. I just needed to attend to something urgent. Okay, ma'am I apologize, please. Yes. Yes, ma'am thank you. Okay, ma'am. So I'm 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 going around to the the, the third question I have for you, ma'am um, we want to know how do you define life? What, what's your perspective okay. to life? What if you're going to define life based on your journey? What would your definition be? Mm. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Okay. So the Bible says the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of things that he has. So that means the life of a man is the way God defines life for man is totally different from how we define life. So usually we measure life based on uh, maybe things we have, resources, achievements you know and all of that but i would say life for me is is when you create room for god to express himself through you so we can we can go through life barely existing or we can go through life truly living and to truly live you need to be in christ Hmm. that is how you can truly live so life can mean several things to so many people can mean different things to people like i said life is measured based on uh they tell you quality of life is based on possibly how healthy you are the things you have the things you're able to attain your achievements but for me Life is about the presence of God in me. That is what gives quality to my life. Mm. That is what gives quality to my life. So without God, I'm barely existing, which a number of people are doing. But I don't just want to exist because I found out something that my life on this side of the divide was not a happenstance it wasn't something that just showed up or happened because god needed to populate the earth in fact i recently found out or it became clearer to me that my existence predated my conception so what do i mean Mm, by that god said to jeremiah he said, I knew you before you were formed the in the womb. So uh, before the sperm and ovum came to, where did I exist before the embryo? Before uh, I was uh, an embryo. So I existed in the thoughts of God. And uh, Psalm 139, buttresses is that. Because Psalm 139 now makes me to understand that God knew me before any of the days fashioned for me as written in the script of my life happened. Mm. So my life is a product of God's thinking. Mm. Yes, ma'am. So God thought about me god imagined what i would be who i would be what i would deal life with the kind of uniqueness that's why when you read in someone there it says i'm fearfully and wonderfully made." Wonderfully made. it means god yeah. put thoughts into my making i'm not like you know i always use this example like when 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 you say that um uh people have um you know when you when you go to a factory and they mass produce something do you understand? They just mass produce. You just see them churning out baby dolls or whatever it is. No, th- that's how sometimes we believe how we were brought into this world. Like God just mass produced us. You understand? Mm. Like he just said, oh yeah, uh, batch A, all of you go to the earth. Cool. He's <laughs> now when we reach the earth. He now began to think to after, what is the assignment mm. for this guy? What I'm, no, what even produced my existence? Was my purpose, my calling, my reason for living was what gave birth to me. The timing of my birthing was as a result of my purpose and my and and my calling. So I want to say that my life, you know, and that's why when I'm now finally here, that life would make sense only in Christ, only in God, because he existed in his thoughts, it existed in his mind ever before I showed up. So it only makes sense to reconnect back and ensure Mm -hmm. that it is in alignment with what existed in his thoughts concerning me. So life is beyond. And that's why even after we we, we move past this this, uh, life here, it doesn't cease here. Our life doesn't cease here. And that's what also motivates us to know that you don't now do things based on here alone. You do things with eternity in mind. I don't know if I'm making sense. So there is a a life predated before I was conceived. And there is a life even after I pass on from this side of the divide. So my life spans through all of that. And so Mm. I cannot judge that life based on earthly dimensions. No, it has to be based on what God was thinking concerning me. And for me to live through that life, it requires Christ to me. Hmm. Awesome, I don't know. Man. I hope I've not confused you. Know, you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you know, you, you know, the line you dropped that's beautifully carved for me, your definition of life is that allowing God to express himself through you. That's right. That's, that's right. when you are truly living and not that's existing. It. That's it. So, until you allow God to express Himself through you, there are diverse expressions of God. And that's why you have yeah. so many dimensions of human beings, different types that's of right. human beings. That's because right. we are all simply different expressions of that's God. That's it. That's it. That's it. Awesome. You know, because God is. Multifaceted, God is. There's no end to the searchings of God, mm-hmm. so you can't box Him. You can't say, and, and that's where you see in the diversity of human nature. You see, you see, you see, you, and that even in ministry, you see the diversity. You see God uh, expressing Himself in diverse ways. Mm. You know, through 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 the through His creation, through. Through humanity, through man, and, and you know, even in, in, in humanity, in diverse ways. So we can't box God. We can't say this is the only way. No, God is unique. God is 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 diverse. He's diverse. So he would express himself in different ways. And I think it's a unique privilege for us to have God express himself uniquely through us. Yes. It's, ma'am. it's a privilege. It's, it's a privilege. So you see, the way the way God will express himself through mourning will be different from the way we'll express himself through Lara. It will be different Mm. from the way we'll express himself through BC or through Inca or through Kemi. But it's the same God. Hallelujah. Mm. It's the same God. But he just expresses himself, you know, diversely. In different different ways. Wow. In different ways. So that's why it's important we actually key into this definition of life. Because we'll be That's robbing right. the earth of an expression of God if we don't allow. That's align. it. That's it. And you know, it will also kill any form of competition or comparison. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Because you realize that God is unique and he can choose to express himself uniquely through you in a different way than he did through the other person. Mm, and So when so you, so you don't are try to, to become somebody that, else. Yes, it's a slap on God's face to try to be somebody else. Mm. That's the way I see it. It's like I'm trying to say God has exhausted his options, so is this one particular prototype he has to keep using. No, mm. no. Mm. It's diverse. It's the same God that's walking through Paul to the Gentiles, that is walking through Peter to the Jews. To is the Jews, to the Jews. The same Yes, God. ma'am. Mm. It's the same God, but he expresses himself diversely. you know i think appreciating that embracing that librates us us. he puts us in a place where i'm not in competition with you god he's not exhausted his options he's not exhausted see the 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 diversity in god cannot be cannot be exhausted Mm. so yeah let, let let me show forth the glory of god the way i can why do you think the the um 24 elders they keep bowing down every time because they see they see another glory of God. Dimension of God. They see another glory more. of God. I'm wow. telling you. So it's like every second God is just unveiling, unraveling, and He's just, and they are just like, wow, there's no wow. end to the mysteries in God. There's mm. no end. So, so my you know, every time we come in contact with another person who yields to God and allows God to express himself in his or alive is another time to be wowed yeah you're just yeah you're just wowed oh yeah you know there was a yes. time I was, say, I was say I met someone yes and, and I said and I said to myself oh my father has a lot of children this I've, <laughs> I've never seen this kind you know my husband and I were, were jokingly you know saying something about the fact that if you want to really see the different sides of you that you've never seen before, continue to have children. Yeah. I'm you telling you that <laughs> you A is different from B that is so true. and B is different from C and C is different from Honestly. D. And like you said, Ma,
1: Honestly,
0: God is not exhausted. I'm in you. Options. You will not give birth to a child that looks like this, at the all. first one exactly. So God is not exhausted at all. We can't be exhausted at so, all. Let's live your awesome. life. Allow him to express himself generously through you. That's it. That's And it. be the, that's the it. next wow of the world. Yes. Yes. That's it. So profound. Awesome. So profound. Awesome. Because of our time, I'm, I'm so enjoying myself. I, I believe that's one <laughs> right. in the room is it, it, just catching on on the light we're receiving from this conversation. Amen. 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 You know, the next question we have for you, ma'am, is that many people blame their families for the outcome of their lives. We've encountered people that they tell us, ah, I wish my mm-hmm. father was a $10 or danguti. I wouldn't have turned out like this. <laughs> Did the kind of family mm. you were born into contribute for good or bad to the person you have become or your life experiences? Mm. Um, okay, so I'd like to read somewhere. Is one of my favorite scriptures, and is in um, Psalm, Psalm one thirty nine. Just to buttress the fact that we we don't we, there, are so, there are certain things we don't have control over, and that is the family we're born into. You don't have control over that. You have to trust God's judgment with regards mm. to that. You can't decide that. So it is God the bible says is the one that sets solitaries and families. Awesome. So it is God based on your assignment and your purpose in life decides the best medium through which mm. you should come. Awesome. So even though you don't have it all together even though even people who were born in dysfunctional homes They didn't choose that family. God chose that family. Mm. I I hope we understand him. So we need to trust God's judgments in making choices on our behalf. Mm. So he chose the family because he has the bandwidth for the bigger picture. Okay. No one would have believed that a Joseph should have been born into a family of brothers who would desire to kill him. Mm. Yes, ma'am. No one would think, if we were to think of it humanly speaking, David should not be born into a family of brothers who didn't believe in him, or brothers who just believe that, you know, he was just a boy that they didn't understand. They didn't understand David, because here was someone who was either in the wilderness, Singing one song to God, cons- uh, coming up with a particular hymn. And they didn't just understand him. You know, like my husband would say, he came home today and said he met the bear and he killed the bear. And you still mm. sent <laughs> the same young boy back into the wilderness, wilderness. And he came back and said he met lion and he killed the lion. Do you understand? For you to have an idea of how his brothers saw him when he got to the battlefield and he was asking them questions. They were like, we know the naughtiness in your heart. Or to today, you have come again. Go back to where your father sent you. Is this the one? So they already have a mindset about him. Hmm. So why would a Moses show up at a time that they were killing children, male children? Why? Yeah. <laughs> why, why didn't God wait? Or why did he come hey, that season that is over. Hmm. Do you understand? But because there is a script God is working with, there's Mm. a calendar God is working with. And regardless of what is being said or what the kings of the earth are doing, God's plan will come to pass. I I don't have time. I don't even want to go. I'm not preaching. So let me not delve so much in that Moses story because we could spend the whole day here on that Moses story. Because the Mm. truth is that Moses showed up at a critical time. When he didn't have age mates, they were killing everyone. Why was it to that those parents? Do you know he could have been born to another parent that won't have enough faith like his parents to keep yes. him from three Yes. And that mm. would have been the end of Moses. True, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So the truth is that there are certain things we don't have control over. We have to trust God that you know what you're doing. Yes, outwardly speaking, it doesn't look like the perfect family. Like I said, I was born into a Christian home. Christian, religious, we weren't exactly we're Anglicans. My mom was not, my parents were not, you know, they were not pastors or anything. It was at uh, the early age stages of my life when I'd gotten born again, they became born again and, you know, started attending with him and all of that. But I would practically say I found Christ for myself. I didn't exactly mm. get any helping, as it were, from my parents. So, it's not like today that parents today are enlightened and they are born again and they're already guiding their children in the path of righteousness. And that's where I said the, the 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 uh how does the bible put it? Uh the, the calling for election, you know, the fact that you've been elected by God for an assignment or for a purpose. There's a scripture in Romans 8. The Bible says are good everything works together for good. He says mm. for the good of those who love God one and for those who are called according to his purpose. To his purpose. So when yes, you are ma'am. in purpose, when God has a purpose for you, he would ensure that everything you wanted Work to be together. born in America but you were born in Nigeria is part of the plan. It's part of mm. it. That is what you need for your fulfillment of your assignment. Mm. Oh, I wish I was born to your $10 family but here you are, you were born in Ajegule or in Mushi. It was part of it. Yes, you had a dysfunctional growing up. Yes, you were born to a polygamous home. I would use a life example. And that is my spiritual father, Dr. Tunde Bakari. He was born to a megaly polygamous family. His mother was the last wife of, I think, six or five wives of his father. And to tell you how large polygamous the family was, his mother, the, the firstborn of his father was older than his mother. Now you get what I'm trying to say. (laughs) He was such a big polygamous family. But he was born into that family. And look at him today. He was a Muslim. His mother was a Muslim. But the kind of upbringing he had was made possible because of the kind of mother he he had. Even though she was a Muslim. And today, Mm -hmm. whatever he's doing in life today, he would always refer to that woman. That, But for that woman in my life, I would not be here today even though she was a Muslim. Mm. So someone is thinking, maybe I should have been born to a Billy Graham family. Maybe I should have been born to a Kenneth Hagin family. No, even if you were born to a Muslim family, God knew what he was doing and he orchestrated it. And he knows how to call you at the right time Mm. for the right purpose, for the right assignment. So when it comes Mm. to families, I always tell people, you cannot cannot judge God unfaithful with regards to that because he's all-knowing and he's all-seeing. He understands and he knows how to put us in families. Mm. Your mother's DNA, your father's DNA, which even goes beyond your parents. Your grandparents, your great-grandparents, their DNA also affects who you turn out to be. So that you were fixed in that lineage is part of God's plan and God's agenda for you. Awesome. Awesome. I tell you, I will say this lastly. Imagine God had to bring a root from Moab into the lineage of Christ. There's yes, a reason ma'am. why. Mm. There's a reason why. So that she can become the great grandmother of David. There's a reason why. Was it that there was no other person in, in Bethlehem that God could have raised to be the, to marry uh, Boaz? No. But God has mm. a script. And he's working according to that script. You know, oh, and, and you know, so... he's working according to that script. So honestly, oh. our families have a role to play. And God is the one that knows, you know, how perfectly, but the role they play is not a function of whether they are perfect or not. That's just what I'm trying to say. It is not a function mm. of whether they, they gave you the perfect environment or, you know, they were the perfect family. Some people were raised in homes where the fathers were terrorists. And somehow growing up, they are wondering how were they raised like that? But it was beneficial for their purpose in life. God knows mm. who such what such people would have turned out to be if they were not conditioned in that kind of family. Mm, beautiful. And you I know, know we're racing with time. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, my, what, what you highlighted for, for me that, that stood out is that God, trust God with the medium. Yes. We must learn to trust him with the medium. God That's has right. the intent is the carrier of the intent is the carrier yes. of the message and is saying That's this right. is the medium because of those I want to receive, those that will receive this message are not in America. Yeah. They are in yeah. Nigeria. So I can't send you to America. Yeah. No. As a no. message or as mm. the medium when the receivers are yeah. not there. And sometimes you, see- you need to go through Nigeria. You are still going to America. To even be but relevant to go in America. Nigeria. You need to have your foundation in Nigeria. There are certain experiences you need to have in Nigeria that will shape you into who you are going to be in America. Mm, mm. Awesome. So trust God. And I also want to add quickly that it's not even a function of your present life now because it's not about your life alone. It's about several others that are connected to you. Oh, beautiful. So when I say God sees, has the bandwidth, He's looking at the bigger picture that you don't see. Yes, so ma'am. he's seeing your children's children, mm. how they are connected to you and connected to your lineage and connected to the assignment. So mm. he's calling you and bringing you through that family. It's not just about momentary you know, existence. No, it's deeper than that. It's deeper than connect that. He connects all wow. the dots. He can see everything. He can see- mm. So it's based on both your past, your present and your future. That he looks holistically before he decides mm. where to put you, and everything is a function of your purpose and your assignment. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, this this is this is strong. I mean, I'm 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 getting the light of this. You know, that family issue. So did you? We, did we hear Pastor Maureen? Mm. See, God has the whole picture in view. So don't don't just look at through your yeah. limited tethoscope or your limited goggle mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. has a wider view god sees through a wider view yeah. he see the end from the beginning he knows the end from the beginning so trust yeah. him trust him yeah trust him yeah awesome thank you so much ma'am wow. i i i believe thank that you. will bless a lot of people amen now to so the next question ma'am what is your view about making mistakes? Many people, you know, make mistakes in life and, and they just, that, that becomes the stamp. They say, oh, mm. I've made a mistake and that's it. What is your view about making mistakes mm. and how does it define a young person's journey? Mm. Okay, so uh, still connecting to what I said, lastly about, um, like you rightly butt- buttressed, God knows the end from the beginning and all the in-betweens, like I like to always put it. So there's nothing you do that catches God on There's absolutely mm. nothing we can do on this earth that God will now say, ah, I didn't know that we were going to do that. Then he ceases to be God. Mm. <laughs> he ceases to mm. be God. But because he is God, he, he, see, did we think that God didn't know Abraham would marry, uh, would take, um, what's her name now? Hagar. Mm. God knew. You think we didn't know God knew? God knew he would. So at the point where God was calling Abraham, God already knew that, okay, this will happen. Even though he still took him through the process. But at the end of the day, God ensured that everything worked together for our good. Now, I want to buttress on that scripture. It's in Romans 8. The reason why everything works together for your good is because there is a purpose. Mm. And that working together for your good is the checkmate God uses over the devil. Mm. So the devil is limited in his knowledge as against how we always think that the devil knows all things. No, he's not all knowing, neither is he all seeing. So because of his limited knowledge, sometimes he thinks he has cornered us based on some mistakes. But the checkmate with God is that the Bible says, with the same temptation, he provides a way of escape. Escape. So, when we find ourselves that we've made mistakes, where God now shows that He's God is that He uses that same mistake, turns it around, and uses it for His glory. That's mm-hmm. why you begin to hear quotes like, He takes your mess and makes a message out of it's your out mess. Of it. <laughs> that is the sovereignty of God at work. So, I'm not one to say because you're a believer, because you're born again, you cannot make mistakes. Or when you make mistakes, you are now out of God's plan for your life. No. We make mistakes. But the most important thing, David made a mistake. But did you know that that mistake produced the next king? Mm. (laughs) Bathsheba. If we stay with the mistake and not move past (laughs) the mistake, we would not see the glory outside of the mistake. Mm. But if we stay with the mistake and say, ah, you you, you slept with Bathsheba. Hey, that's the end though. God cannot use you again. How can you, David? David, anointed man of God. Yes, he made his mistake. Bathsheba actually took in, had a child. David went to God in prayers, prayed over that child, fasted. And God said, no, I'm going to deal with you. And I'm going to take that child. But it's so amazing, and I hope you know that Bathsheba was not the first wife of David. Neither was she the second wife of David. But yet, God said, Solomon will come from that same Bathsheba. Mm. So, honestly, we cannot say because we've made mistakes, it limits what God wants to do. And I let me add, it now also does not give us license to knowingly now make mistakes. Do you understand? To knowingly now do wrong and say, uh, should be everything will work together for our good. No. No. What I'm saying here is that when we find ourselves sometimes in situations where we make mistakes, we can't help it. In in, in God, as believers in God, God mm-hmm. has a sovereign, in sovereign nature to make everything eventually work out for your good. And that's why you find people who went into prostitution got born again and they become missionaries to prostitutes you find mm-hmm. people who have done wrong they've messed up and then somehow they find their way back to god and god uses that same thing to make a message out of them and to make ministers out of them so mm-hmm. yeah i personally I, I i i don't write people off i make my own mistakes We make mistakes as we journey through life, but we don't stay on the mistake. And that is where the Bible says, Jesus said, having loved his own, he loved them to the very end. The confidence we have is that the kind of love Jesus has for us is not conditioned. It's not the love that when you make a mistake, he withdraws. No, the Bible says, having loved them, he's committed to loving you to the very end. And that love is what keeps bringing you back you know, until you get to that point where you're firmly rooted and grounded and you mature over and above those mistakes. So is there a time where these mistakes will not become a daily part of your life? Yes, that is called maturity. Mm, But at the point where you're growing as a babe, you would make mistakes. Even if you look at it naturally with children, they make mistakes as they are growing. But a time would come, like the Bible says, You are no longer treated as a baby. You come to maturity. You no longer feed on milk, but you begin to feed on the raw meat, Mm. solid food of the word of God, which is able to build you, which is able to make you strong and firm. So personally, I I don't think mistakes come come with life. But when it it happens in God, God is able to turn it around for his glory. Mm. So so, So we don't write people off. We because don't write people, up. so you're you are not a write off because you made a mistake. No, no, it's important no, that you, you take your mistake, you put your mistake in God so that yes. God can write a beautiful message from that mess. That's it. That that, 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 that it. that's so instructive. Thank you that so much, is it. ma'am. That is um, it. we're just going to run along um to the next question. There's so right. much moral decadence. I i know you have three beautiful children, two daughters that are teenagers, particularly. And we live in a world where, in fact, I was saying to someone that it looks as if the level of moral decadence in our society has heightened by the introduction Mm. of technology and all that. Mm. And moral decadence has become so prevalent.
1: Good Mm. morals
0: seems, they don't longer seem to be in vogue. Everybody mm. wants to ride along the wave of what is happening on the on the social media, on the television mm. and all that. Ma, can you give mm. us a breakdown of some moral values you hold so dear? What experiences, what out there have helped you in your experiences in life? Those moral values that you hold so dear, that every young person must learn and hold also so dear. Okay, uh, so when you say moral values uh, embedded in God's word, one thing is I learned that from my, from my pastor, my spiritual father, and that um, whatever it is I do in life, I must find relevance in the scriptures. And I'm not ashamed to say so. I'm not one of such believers who will say, use your brain, use your, put your church mind aside. Thank God is not church mind, it's spiritual mind. So <laughs> my spiritual mind is based on the word of God. So I learned early through him to always find the basis for whatever I do. And when I say whatever I do, I mean, whatever I do socially, economically, spiritually, whatever I do, there must be a reference point in the word of God. That has been a value that I've held there over the years. So is is that such that you're talking to me about something, you come to me for counsel over a social matter, over an economic matter. The first thing I'm doing is I'm scanning through my head, the scriptures. I'm scanning through my head, the scriptures, and I'm looking for relevant scriptures because this word of God gives us answers to all these things. If we can just stay with it, the mm. word of God gives us answers. So I scan through my head, I scan through my heart, I'm scanning through scriptures and I'm telling myself, okay, where do you find this in the word of God? What, what, what word of God gives answer to this? And so most times when I'm answering, no matter the problem, either social, economic, I always find it's bearing in the word of God. Then I can now relate it to our everyday living, our everyday life. Mm. But that's one value that I hold there. Another value I hold there is that God is a God of people. I've always said people that the greatest resource you can have in life is human resource, not money, mm. not anything material. It's something this young generation really need to know. And I learned mm. that also from my pastor and my husband. I might not have billions or millions in my account, but if I have the wealth of people, I think I'm wealthy. Mm. So wealth is not defined by how much you have in your bank account. In this, and that's why a lot of people do things, do business shabbily, treat people anyhow. Uh, you see a lot of people; uh, they are giving jobs to do. They are very irresponsible. They treat people's emotions anyhow, because they don't value the gift of people. See, the best thing God can gift you in life is the gift of people. When Jesus was about to step into ministry, the first thing he went seeking for was not money. Mm. was not money to rent home, was not money to get equipment. The first thing he went looking for were men of like passion. And amazingly, those men were not even men that looked like it. So that takes Mm. me to my third value, which is acknowledge God in everyone, regardless Mm. of status, regardless of the level they're in, because you never can tell. I learned a big lesson from one of the messages my husband preached when he was talking about Abraham. And he said our ability to identify God in Human form is such a gift. When those three men came and they passed by Abraham, they didn't put on their forehead that I am God. But Abraham was able to discern God in them mm. and he invited them over. But the mistake we make oftentimes, especially this younger generation, is that we are only looking for what is beneficial to me now. Now We are not futuristic in our thinking. That would probably be my fourth value. Whereby we are just looking for anything momentarily. No, think about legacy. Think about the future. Invest in the future. Pay it forward. Pay uh-huh. it forward. Don't look for things that will just satisfy momentarily. We are often driven, and that's what drives what. We do how we do business, how we interact. So I've said I've said four things now. I believe so. The value yes. of people, understanding that God blesses you with people, you're a wealthy person because you get to a point in life where money would not answer all things. <laughs> mm. The Bible says in Egypt that money failed. Failed. At some point, money failed in Egypt, and it's amazing that what gave the the access for the Jacob and his other sons, sons. back in uh, wherever they were was a son that had gone ahead. Ahead. Yes, ma'am. Joseph. But for Joseph, they, 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 they wouldn't I have known stranded. that there was yes. a place for them in Egypt. And they didn't just give them any place. They gave them one of the choicest places In Egypt. Mm. So I've seen it happen a lot in my husband's life. I've seen it happen a lot in my life. I've seen it happen a lot in my pastor's life, whereby the gift of people will Mm. make room for you. Where you don't, if you don't have a dime, but you are blessed with people, they will give you what money cannot buy. Mm. I tell Mm. you. So invest in that. Allow God bring into your life relationships that would that would position you in the future, mm. that would make way for you, that will make things happen for you. And usually God will always set you up, you know, to do those things. And so I also said, don't be so now, now, now. Minded. What does it do Think to me now? How is it beneficial to me now? Pay it forward. Think about the future. Mm. Invest in people. I mean, Jesus only spent three and a half years with 12 men. And because of those 12 men, today we have a gospel. Because yes, of those 12 men, we have a gospel. We have something. Do you understand? So, yes. yeah. And the truth is that in doing that, his bills were paid. His needs were met. Yes. At the end of the day, we never heard Jesus going begging for food or saying that he didn't have money to do ministry. God would always raise people to sort that out. So mm. first things first. So first yes. things first, I think, I think I would say, you know, with regards to this generation, those are some of the values that have shaped my life that has helped me. And I've kept in the front burner of my life. Mm. So I'm not about my, what I want to gain. And that's what propels me even in ministry. So I don't, I don't go for platforms because of uh, the, the kind of uh, fame it will give me or the kind of visibility it will give me or whether or not, no, because you never can tell, you know, the people God will bring your way. I've met, even by virtue of Babes You define. I've met so many people that I never knew from anywhere. And just by interacting with them, meeting with them, today they are one of the, my best support system. So it wasn't about money. It wasn't about mm. resource or ma- anything material at all. Awesome. Awesome. So delayed gratification is key this generation must always, we must learn, the younger generation must learn delayed gratification. It's not always about the momentary benefits paid forward. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. One more thing, if I may add, especially with this generation and with social media is that we also have to bring ourselves to that place of maturity where the accolades we desire is from God
1: and mm. not from men. Yes,
0: because ma'am. Because it's easy to get carried away by the number of likes, the number of uh, comments, the number of bam, deep, mm. words, preach it. But mm. if we stay within, you know, the bandwidth where God has placed us, whereby we are constantly in check with God and the person we are seeking affirmation from is firstly God, not any man and not even any one social media person that doesn't even know you like that, Mm. but it's just moving. You know, the same people who said Hosanna today said crucify him. him. So you honestly cannot base your life on what people are saying. What you should base your life is what God is saying, And I'll quickly say this to that. At age 12, Jesus was almost going to get carried away by what the elders in the temple were saying. They uh-huh. were saying, wow, such wisdom from a young boy. The Bible says he was listening and he was asking them questions and they were asking him questions. So I'm sure those elders were willing to take him. They were rabbis. They were willing to take him under their wings. and That was why Jesus was comfortable to stay with them three days and not be bothered about his family. He felt he had come, you know, to the place of, mm. And when they accosted him, he said it. He said to them, said, should I not be about my father's uh, 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 assignment? Yes. But thank God for the kind of parents that he had. He submitted himself to them. But do you know that he submitted himself to them for 18 years? We had absolutely nothing, nothing about Jesus. Mm. Yes. Mm. Nothing. No social media, like he didn't even have a social media account. He was underground, but he was. But you now know when he showed up at River Jordan without doing his first miracle, without healing any sick as recorded. Yet the Bible says the father looked at him and said, I'm well pleased. Mm, mm. So that is the recommendation we need from God. Do you understand? Yes, he could ma'am. have gotten carried yes, away ma'am. at age 12 based on Uh the accolades those are men but what we should seek is that i am well pleased well by the father and we now realize that the parameters through which god says i'm well pleased is not the parameters we use because at that time jesus had not even done his first miracle Mm. so what was the father pleased about Hmm. at the river jordan he was pleased that he had submitted himself to training he was pleased that jesus had gone through process that was mm. what the father was pleased. And that mm. is what Jesus needed. And once he caught that, he was ready to fly. So let's not run ahead of ourselves and seek the accolades of men without seeking God's affirmation first. And well done, my son, first. So that mm. also has guided me, even in my exposure in social media, you know, even in posting and doing stuff on social media. I always go back to ask the father. It's not about the accolades. It's not about the life. Take me to that point where those things don't even matter, matter. Because honestly, at the end of the day, it is your well done. It is your I am well pleased that I want to hear. And that has mm. been driving me and has been my motivation, you know, wow. in, in with respect to social media. Wow. Thank you so much, Ma. Because two things quickly caught my attention. The fact that you said, seek God's affirmation. So, in the midst of the moral decadence in the world, if we are pursued, is God. You will not walk in the way that seems right unto a man. You will always yeah. walk in the way that God has assigned for you—the ancient path, the, the right. path that God yes. has assigned for you. Because if you are pursuing yeah. God, you will walk in that path. And once you are walking right. in that path, you won't, you won't, you won't follow the ways of men. You won't follow the ways of the That's world, right. the likes, the thumbs up. Ah, we are your fan base. Yeah, you know we want you to do. Yeah. this is what one we, we want to see. Yeah, your your one audience yeah. to please is God, and you are focused on Him. Yes, and yes, and once yes. you do that, you are sure that the road yes. you are on is stable, and yes. it will take you to that That's definite right. end in God. Awesome. Yes. Thank you. So Whatever much, you man. do in secret when God is your only audience, is what should Mm. motivate you in public. In the public. It's not the other way around. Yes, it's whatever. And that's what you see about the life of David. He didn't do anything he didn't do in secret. He had a secret life with God before he brought it Mm. in the open. So what he showed in the open was not something, you know, let's not go into that. I think that's for ministry anyway, (laughs) where, you know, what you show in the open is totally... A mm-hmm. caricature catch what from, from what's God going help on us. in the private? Thank you so. I'm much, telling man. you, but when God is your only audience, you know, yeah, you're Thank real. You. you can always you you come out. You're you're not ashamed. Yeah, you're not trying to impress anybody. No. You're just being yourself. Mm-mm. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So so my next to our next question, what what do you say about um, the Get rich quick? i a scheme, and the mindset of young people. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's oh so my rampant goodness. these days. You know, every young person wants to blow, wants to hammer, wants to eat mm. it. I want to be the next person they're talking about. I want to be the next happening thing. I want to trend. What do you say to this, ma'am? Honestly, I think... Uh, so there are two categories of people in that light. There are those who are believers and they are running this rat race. And they are those who are of the world and that is their nature. I often tell people that you can't beat them and their game because it's not your game. Mm. You can't use uh, the operational manual for those in the world to operate in the kingdom. The kingdom has its Mm. own manual. So you need to find what the manual of the kingdom is and what has the kingdom said with respect to getting wealth what are the principles laid down in the kingdom? Because the day you got born again, you were transitioned from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his daylight, And there are certain set of rules that apply in this kingdom.
1: And so mm, you yes need ma'am. to
0: abide by this kingdom for this kingdom to... And that's why Christians are frustrated. Because the unbelievers they are trying to copy, they are in their own world. It will work for them. Mm. They will do wulu wuru they will cheat, and it will work for them. And somehow they will never catch them. But Mm. you, a believer, you will not want to carry the principles of the world, and want to still do it in the kingdom. They will catch you now because you Mm. can't beat them at their game. It's not your game. Yes, ma'am. So what I will say firstly about that is that decide which side of the divide you're on. Mm. Are you on the world? Are you in the world, or you are with God? If you are with God, then go by God's principle. Go according to God's laid down rules. How He does these things. And let me also say that true riches, you won't find it in that other world. You'll find it in the kingdom. Yes. Because there are riches and there are riches. That someone is rich does not mean the person has true riches. Only God can deliver to you true riches. Yes. And true riches is as such that it will not, uh, what's the word? It will not, uh, it will not, uh, you know, the Bible says we lay up riches where moths. Will not come to destroy. Destroy. So that is true riches. And it's a mindset. So once you get that mindset, you understand that whatever resource comes into your hand as a believer is not about you, it's about God and His assignment. And it doesn't mm-hmm. cost God anything to give you the wealth of the nations. It doesn't cost you anything. Yes, ma'am. Because God is establishing his kingdom. The Bible says the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of our God and we will reign in that kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so... For us to walk in wealth the network the network hello am i still connected yes you're connected now ma hello hello first more we can hear you ma hello ma can you hear us hello Oh, the network. Can you, hear me? can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you now. Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, can you, you can hear me right? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Okay, so that th- that that is what I believe, and there's something. I'm a student of process. I'm a student mm. of process. I believe God is not. They say Yoruba, Pajawiri. He's, mm. not, he amasa. he's not, he he's not, let's do this. No, God is a God of order, is a God of process. God mm. was going to create, he already saw, how many are we now on the earth? Billions of people, but he started with one man. That's mm. God for you. He's not in a hurry. He's the ancient of days. He has a plan. So he goes through process. And I'll just quickly say this. I know we're pressed for time. If you look at Joseph, God said to him, I want to make you, a prime minister, literally. But here was this still in his father's house. But God had to take him through process. The first was, he took him from the pit to Potiphar's house. It's a training. Mm. God says, I make you a prime minister. You're going to be managing nations. That's where we all want to get to now. We want to get to the prominent places of wealth. God says, come down, you will get there. But let's go through process. So God takes him and puts him in Potiphar's house. In Potiphar's house, he learns how to manage resources first. God says, I Mm. won't just bring nations to you. I need to take you through training. So manage resources first. So he learned how to manage resources. When the time was right, something happened. God took him to the prison. He got to the prison. He started learning how to manage human resource. Mm. The first resource was material resource. Then God now graduated him. Can you see how God used to graduate people? Mm. But we would think that that is suffering. Why we God take him from the house to prison? But it's God's training ground for where he's taking him to. So God takes him to the prison and says, oh yeah, manage resources. Manage human resource. And so he started managing people. And then God says, you are now ready. Go and manage the nations. So when he got to the palace, he was ready. God Hmm. will not, see, God will not, God does not do quick, quick, quick. He will not deliver to you assignments that are weighty if you are not ready. So he will take Hmm. you through process. And oftentimes when he begins that, saying, for example, he said to Abraham, I have made you father of nations. It took another 25 years. God is not in Mm. a hurry. God works with process. But every time of what we call waiting is never waiting in vain. It is always God making us. Remember I said in my introduction that I am an updated version of myself. So I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm on on a journey and I'm being updated as I journey. So at every point in time, you are going through process. God Mm. is making you. He's making you. But you have to start first with the process. So I don't Mm. believe in quick, 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 reach, get quick, rich schemes and all of that. It is never a principle with God. Check through the Bible. It anointed David when he was 17. There was still a king on the throne. Yet he wasn't going to become king until 30 years when he became 30. Why all of that? Why anoint him? Why didn't you just anoint him when he became 30? He needed to go through process. He needed to train him. He needed Mm. to remove things in him and add things in him. That is God for you. So process is the key word here. Don't be in a hurry. We will make it. If God says you are going to be a financier of the kingdom, he has made you that already. Go through the process. And you will find uh, Christian millionaires, billionaires, they will tell you that was their story. How they started Mm. from being a houseboy, to doing this, to being this, to doing that. And eventually here they are sitting upon. But we just feel the story is like, okay, let's just, we just became that. No, God will take you through process. And the reason for the process is to make you, you know, ready enough and mature enough to handle it or else what is coming will break you. So hmm. what's the point in God giving you wealth and resources that would eventually turn your back Destroy you, yeah. That would destroy you. So what God is aiming at is you being mature enough, having the right capacity to manage the resources that are coming. So the biggest deal for God is not where you are taking you to. Because where he's taking you to is already settled. The biggest deal for God is the process. The Who process. you become in the journey is the biggest yes. deal. Oh, awesome. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Maureen. That's so hard. So for young people, please be committed to the process. You need yeah. to be committed to the process. You won't just arrive there. If it's going mm-hmm. to be sustainable, that's what Pastor Maureen is saying yeah. about true yeah. riches. If it's yeah. going to be sustainable, if it's going to last, yeah, you yeah. will submit yourself yeah. to the Got process. It. That's the it, blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow. No sorrow. That's the one that comes from God. That's, that's what it, God delivers. That's it. Wow. That's it. That's it. Awesome. Awesome, ma. Awesome, ma. We're getting so blessed. Now, we're going, because of time, we just want to rush the two last questions for you. Okay. Okay. Um, we're big, in, in Flickers of Hope, we, we are big about knowledge, education, impacting knowledge into the next generation. We, we, right. we, we're, we're, we believe that education is both a tool and a platform yeah. that makes for yeah. transformation. So yeah. we, we advocate for access to education and also for quality education. That's right. Now, we want to ask you, Ma, how has education shaped your life? And yeah. what has education done? for you. Okay. Uh, education has shaped my life and it's still shaping my life. Mm. So, um, I started off, started off. Um, when I got born again, I had an idea and that's God for you. He doesn't always give you details because he needs you to trust him in the process. So I knew I was going to do ministry. I knew I was going to serve God, but based on my knowledge, then I knew what I could discern was church ministry, pulpit ministry, which is what I had available to me then. So yeah, I began to walk in that line, you know, get the resources I needed. But as I journeyed and as God presented opportunities for learning, opportunities for acquiring knowledge, I began to broaden my, my, my horizon. I began to broaden my mind. I got the opportunity to travel i began to see god express himself in different ways the purpose of god that original purpose god began to streamline it He began to zero in he began to define it and then i began to understand that okay yes i have an assignment i have a ministry but it's not necessarily pulpit ministry only so babes redefine came about and even at that i still felt oh, okay let's just reach out to women that are going through stuff. But as I began a journey with God and with knowledge and education, I began to see that there's a there's a side of social entrepreneurship within the assignment. There's a social yeah. assignment within the assignment. So I began to see that I'm not limited to the four walls of the church. I began to understand about the seven mountains of impact. I began to understand that God is not limited to church on Sunday And during your weekdays, God is actually raising an army to infiltrate into all the sectors of the world. Education and knowledge gave me this. Mm. If I had stayed within the four walls of the church, I would have limited myself. I would have thought all there is to ministry was preaching on a Sunday morning and preaching on a Wednesday evening but my exposure to knowledge, my willingness to learn, my willingness to move out of my comfort zone, my willingness Mm. to to seek knowledge. Now, not the wisdom of this world, but the wisdom that is from God. But I want us to understand that everything we see, the Bible says was created by God and for God. So everything was created by God. So there's no spirit, our spiritual life, my financial life, my social life. It is one Mm. life expressed in diverse ways. So the same life I carry as a spiritual being should be expressed in my social life, should be expressed in my finances, should be expressed in my marriage, should be expressed in my interaction with people, should be expressed with respect to my NGO. So I would greatly say education has greatly helped me it broadening my mind, and even where I am today, and I see it also with my husband. He's currently doing his PhD, and that's one of the reasons his mind is broadening. His mind, in terms of now zeroing in, beginning to see the role of ministry in his life assignment. So it's mm. like God now begins to to really define that purpose. I don't know if I'm, I'm making sense. Yes, so yes, ma'am. Off with, with 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 the general idea of your purpose, but as you journey with God with knowledge. With education with exposure you begin to see it you begin to narrow in and you begin to zero in into mm. what you want some people god is calling them into politics but he won't start with politics he probably start with you being in church playing keyboard some people god is calling you into the mountain of entertainment but he will start with you playing drums in your church and so you are wondering ah. but gradually as you're playing drums in church you begin to broaden your horizon through knowledge through education and then you begin to see, oh, there's a gap in this industry. Mm. There's a gap in this industry. You now begin to streamline. Oh, I can actually come and be-. and before you know it, you are training people. Awesome. And before you know it, you become a voice in the entertainment industry. But you started mm. by drumming. Mm. So I believe so strongly in education. I believe so strongly in acquiring knowledge. I believe so strongly in gaining wisdom. And I believe so strongly in, in every time being willing to come out of the box. And just allow God, you know, take you through the journey of life and, and through all the things that happen around you. Even Jesus, all his parables, he always used stories of things happening around Around him. us, yes. Story. So yeah, we're sent mm. to the world. We're not, not heavenly bound and earthly useless. We're mm. not heavenly bound and earthly useless, no. And, and when we say earthly useful, it's not just about the poopy in the church. No, you carry your poopy to the marketplace. You carry your poopy yes. to every strata of life yes so for Mm. me that that is what education has done for me that i've not limited myself to church babes redefine gave me that opportunity because if i would carried my church mind to babes redefine i would have limited myself because there are divers of people and you need to have emotional intelligence to manage divers of women with divers of issues and Mm. divers of so many things you know and, and you find out that god is the same god who has called you into all of that All of that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Morin. It's been an exciting time just sharing these conversations with you. So much light, so much insight, so much knowledge received, so much wisdom you've shared with us. And we're so honored. We're so grateful. Please understand, she said she's a lifelong learner. And when I saw on LinkedIn that Pastor Dele was also doing his PhD, I was excited because, you know, he keeps modeling for us, the next generation the possibilities yeah. of what they're yeah. God and, and yeah. that's beautiful and as I, I see I, I I don't follow a lot of people but the few people that God connects my heart to I see the reason why he does that mm. because he model these possibilities and you tell yourself see you are not just heavenly relevant and earthly useless there's a reason yeah. God sent you yeah. there's an assignment yeah. he has sent you to you yeah. must broaden your mind yeah. to be able yeah. to receive why did God have to send Moses to the University yes. of Pharaoh to learn. Yeah, yes. it wasn't a mistake. Pharaoh's daughter yes. had to take him up because yes. he had to be schooled. School was so important. Very that true. education was relevant. He could not have handled very the, true, the, the, you know, the huge responsibility of, yes. of starting a nation for God with those people, yeah, without same that, same that, same with that level. Daniel, of Yes, the Bible. So the says, place of education yes, is so important. Very mm. important. Very yes, important. it broadens your mind to possibilities, then you will see yes. the gap. I love when you see yes. when you say that you will see the gaps that, that yes. are there, then you'll be able yes. to fit in and fill that's it up it. and say, Yes, that's where that's God is it. sending me. That's what I must do. The Bible says the whole creation is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. Yes, it ma'am. didn't just say the church.
1: He didn't Mm. say the
0: unbelievers. He said, co creation. creation. So there are so many things subject to futility that is waiting for your manifestation. Mm. And it's not just about church. Church is just where we get equipped to be relevant in the kingdom. So there's a there's something bigger than church that God is doing. It's called the Mm. kingdom. So until Mm. we broaden our minds to understand that God is seeking for mouthpieces in the education, he's seeking for mouthpieces Mm. in the entertainment world, he's seeking for mouthpieces in politics, then we'll understand that we cannot be playing God and playing church at this level Mm -hmm. that we're playing church. We need to understand that God is relevant. God is not just about speaking Christianism. God is relevant. Mm. The Holy Spirit is an intelligent Holy Spirit. He's not just about speaking in tongues. He's an intelligent Holy Spirit that can give a 14 blueprints for an economic me- 14 year blueprint for an economic meltdown. When yes, Joseph ma'am. stood before Pharaoh, he wasn't speaking in tongues. He was mm. delivering solutions. Yes, He was delivering solutions. So God is expecting us to be able to deliver solutions. And he lent those solutions in Potiphar's house and in the prison. He just, mm. he just tweaked it to serve nations. It's the same thing. It's the same principle. The same thing the way he managed God's resources, the same way he managed people in the prison, he just tweaked it and brought it to manage nations. That's all. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. First, Maureen, it, it, the conversations, the conversations <laughs> we've had with you today, is so beautiful, and we are so excited to have you on the February edition of Silent Generals. Thank you. Sincerely, you've been a blessing to us. We've had such meaningful conversations. And we'll let you know the beautiful things that, as the Lord instructs our heart, that we'll do with these conversations. Because we know that it's not every young person that has access to the internet. So we're we're trying as much as possible to break down these conversations Mm. Mm. different mediums that we can use to reach out to young people all Amen. over the world that they can Amen. understand this they can come to terms with real people that That's are right. sharing truths not yes. just all this all the lies they are seeing all the lies on online mm. the contents that have been doctored yeah to make them be that this is how they should live and, 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 you know, express themselves Mm. to hear truths that can truly shape their lives. We're so honored, Ma. Thank you so so much. On behalf of everyone on the Flickers of Hope team, we want to say thank you, Ma. Thank you so much for this honor and this conversations. And we will get back to you shortly on the feedbacks that we'll be getting from this and all that god will do with these conversations thank you so much Amen. so much mark god bless you thank you thank you so much i truly appreciate and i i honor you and i thank you uh appreciate the team too for this opportunity and uh thank you so much honestly god bless you and well done. well done job well done job well done thank you so thank much you so So much, Raul Hornet. Thank you so much. So everyone in the room, um, this is the end of our February edition of the Silent Generals. Next month, the month of March, God will be giving us another wonderful person that will be coming to share with us on the Silent Generals, real life stories, real issues. See how practical these things get see how the connection the patterns how all these things unfold nobody just emerges we they're all committed to the process mr in Kadiwali told us in january the process of his making that made him the man we is today pastor morin also shared with us our own process and going into the scriptures the word of god the truth to share with us life stories of real people that lived and how they've been able to journey through the process i believe that we have been blessed still we come again your way next month the month of march on another exciting edition of silent generals please stay blessed and stay safe god bless you